And I must keep running, running, and 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 running, Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 189 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jim, and I may be your only host, Jim, tonight, because old Brandone is having some problems. The guy is drunk! And I don't know that he is going to be joining me when we get to the end of this podcast, but we'll have to wait and see. It'll be a surprise, right? It'll be a pleasant surprise if he can join us from way up there in Buffalo, Canada. And before we go into all this, let me tell you where you can find us and then explain what we're doing in this episode, which is a little different than what we usually do. But you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review almost, if not all, of the new books each and every week. Reviews usually dropping around 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday morning. We also have a YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where I personally do video reviews for both Marvel and DC Comics. We've been having a lot more DC stuff coming out, so there's a lot more DC videos, but I'm recording this Tuesday night, and I am expecting to have a bunch of Marvel stuff up tomorrow at some point. We also have a Patreon account where you can go and support us for this podcast, all the other things on this feed, and also the DC stuff, the YouTube stuff, our websites, all of that. And that is at patreon.com slash weird science. If you do go over there, you will be able to hear a lot of exclusive shows. We have a ton of shows. I try to do at least one a day. One of the big things that we do is our Marvel Comics Patreon-only spotlight that we do each week on a Wednesday night where me and Brandon get together and talk about two books that are picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep, boop. And this past week, they ended up picking Ant-Man number five, the finale to the book that ended up ending digitally and also... Dipping back into the older things, the stuff that is being put out there by Marvel on their Marvel Unlimited app right now for free, they ended up picking Power Man and Iron Fist number one, the book that is written by David F. Walker. Me and Brandon had a lot of fun with that book. But what I said earlier about this is a little different type of show, it's going to be part of an X-Men catch-up show but also part of a new book. And I mean new book as in when you go and listen to this, the book is just coming out this coming Wednesday, this Wednesday. And this will drop on Wednesday, so we're not breaking an embargo or anything like that. But we're going to be talking Thor number five, so I'll warn you right away. And I wanted to put it at the end of the podcast so that if you haven't read it, you can listen to the X-Men catch-up stuff and then pause it and then go off and get your Thor number five, read it, and then come back and see what we thought. But I'm going to start off now with the X-Men book, starting with X-Force number seven. Let me tell you how it will be. We'll all catch up on the books you'll see. Cause it's the X-Men 
Yeah, it's the X-Men. Ah, yes, and it is the X-Men. And as I said, we are going to start with the X-Force number seven. X-Force being one of the books that I've really been enjoying in this whole Dawn of X fiesta. And this is written by Benjamin Percy, art by Oscar Balzaldwea, colors by Guru FX, and letters by VC's Joe Caramanga. Lady Luck. Before X-Force was formed, Professor X sent Colossus and Domino on separate missions for the benefit of Krakoa and maybe Mr. Kite and Mutant Kind. While Colossus was killed in Russia, Domino was sent to investigate a mysterious organization that calls itself Xeno. She was captured and skinned alive. Since then, Domino was rescued and her injuries treated with vegetative skin grafts. Colossus was resurrected but remains disturbed. And we're going to go with these ramifications of Colossus and coming back. Also, the skin grafts and the skin that was flayed off of Domino because she has been mentioning throughout all this that Her luck just isn't what it was. She doesn't have the same amount of luck, the same type of luck that she always has had. So it has kind of bothered her. She's looking into it. And in this issue, she does end up getting Sage to go and look at, you know, kind of the stats, kind of what's going on. Hey, tell me when things happen, especially towards anybody who's a mutant sympathizer, mutant or whatever. The idea, is there anything that seems out of place, like some things that are real lucky and there's a lot of assassinations going on and these assassinations are taking place in a way that if it isn't bullseye in my mind, I actually thought like, are they going to play this game where it's just bullseye? If it isn't him, maybe Taskmaster, but whoever this is, is taking a lot of lucky shots, taking a lot of things where... There's so many variables against these assassination attempts working, and they're still able to do this. So it is disturbing Domino. Domino's trying to figure this out. Domino is trying to figure out, hey, is there a pattern to this? Let's go with that. Well, in the meantime, while you have Sage looking into that, you do have Domino say that at nighttime, she'll get up in the middle of the night and go out for a long run. She's going to get the poison out, as they say, if you're on the symbiont. But yeah, she ends up going for runs. She runs into Colossus, who has his own issues. These are the 2 a.m. run for Domino, 2 a.m. let's paint something for old Colossus, who's there on the beach. And they kind of talk to each other like, hey, uh, you know, things kind of stink coming back this way. Because the way Domino is, she still feels like she's not all there part of herself even with these graphs it's not her it's not her whole self so she feels as if some of her is still out there you end up having colossus feel like everybody once you come back from being dead when they resurrect you that the problems that you faced and the trauma and things like that they have disappeared and if you want me to tell you what this reminds me of of colossus It does remind me a lot of Tom King's Heroes in Crisis, if it was done a little better. The idea that, yeah, we're heroes, and and in this book, it really hits a lot harder. We're heroes that can be resurrected, but that doesn't take the pain away. You know, it's not like Peaches is singing to you, and you can F the pain away, because you can't. And so he is still affected. But like I said, in the meantime, you're seeing all these lucky shots being taken that end up 
you know, making Domino a little suspicious. And I think that by the time you end up having Sage using her mathematics and her skills and her data you get the idea that somebody must have at least the skin grafts like they had when they invaded Krakow and killed Professor X, that they maybe have a, a grafts and it's giving them a little part of Domino's luck. That's what I'm getting through this whole thing is that Domino has a certain amount of luck. Now it's being siphoned. It's like you only have a well that is so deep. And if you have a bunch of people drinking out of the well, then you are going to all end up loving to eat hamburgers. And that does work out that way. But yeah, Domino goes off because they end up, okay, well, when's the next big thing that's happening with a mutant sympathizer that would kind of go and they realize where, when, how, and they go off to Tahoe to figure this out. There is a lady who at one point had written a book about how the mutants one day would have a sovereign nation. They're going to go. So she is a mutant sympathizer that did used to get booed and laughed at, like almost like she's an ancient aliens type of, you know. But now that it's coming true, people wanted to speak. She's speaking at Tahoe here, and it is the setup. She is going to be killed by this very lucky assassin. Now, the assassin, when we do see him or her cloaked, has a visor. You, you can't tell exactly what's going on. But yeah, you end up when Domino, and I, I really do like the way the art plays out here. And it's, it's funny too, because this art, the only thing I don't like about it, well, there's two things. Actually, it seems to lose a little by the end. At the beginning, it's it's really, really good, though. Sage looks a little different than any Sage that I remember seeing, and that's going to happen. We have so many artists involved, and especially at this point when we're getting even fill-in artists and things like that. So overall, I do like it. It just kind of it kind of gets a little less great by the end. But at this point, I really do enjoy it. And you end up where Domino is checking out, like looking for, okay, where are they going to shoot? If it was me being lucky, oh my, I see a glint, and you can see where the sun on the snow-covered mountain is kind of glinting off the gun, glinting off the, the mask, whatever it would be. It seems the sight, actually. And Domino's like, gun goes, tackles this lady, and then ends up, okay, I'm going to go chase down this would-be, this time, assassin. And it, it's a cool set piece. Whenever you have any sort of skiing, it's like for your eyes only, if you watch some James Bond deal, where you end up having a chasing down a mountain while you're skiing, of course, while this always goes, you lose your your poles, you end up getting your snowboard cut in half, you end up doing this, that, that, you know, all that stuff is going on here. As you end up having Domino versus this lucky assassin, and Domino's really using more of almost like a black cat type anti bad luck type of deal and and i did say at the beginning one of the good scenes is domino is it's really frustrating her when she rolls dice and she used to be able to get you know box cars she ends up just snake eyes every time so then that's her deal she's going to kind of go with it against this assassin well the assassin ends up going into the big woods casino runs in you end up with this this hood and, and robe and cape, all this sort of get up so you can't see who it is. But when Domino goes in, there's a lot of people like that. And you end up, she's trying to find it. You get the classic where she grabs one guy and he's like, hey, what are you doing there, lady? And, and really, she, she does kind of look like a monstrosity right now. She is kind of like the Marvel version of Two-Face. But she's trying to find this person. Now, in the meantime, 
you end up having an extremely lucky assassin going through a casino. I thought the play here was going to be that Domino would be able to chase down bit by bit because as this assassin goes through, people will start winning everywhere she goes. It doesn't play that. Ben Percy actually plays that I think He's trying to say that this assassin's going to make a diversion, end up making it so they can slip out by actually helping a woman who is there at the slot machine. She's like, and it's one of those like, you have to practice 10,000 hours to be great at something. You have to do this and and you just have to be a degenerative gambler for that long because then you'll end up winning. And she does because this assassin, I almost said who it was, ends up pushing a button. Uh, sevens come up she's going to win I'm sure she's going to be jumping around It's going to cause all sorts of mayhem Because as this goes We see who the assassin Was who just did this To that slot machine And it looks like this Xenon it looks like they cloned A, a bit of uh, Domino looks like there's a clone of Domino and yeah so That is the deal the luck And this assassin who's lucky seems to be a domino clone getting away so we'll see how that plays out how that even goes with the whole deal of resurrection things like that and i i mentioned it before like what is the idea when you go to have the resurrection is it where oh my god i stubbed my toe i have a hangnail i want resurrection or oh my god you know i ended up getting a bad haircut can you resurrect me because I really don't want to wait those couple months for it to grow back. And I'm talking like Britney Spears shave off the hair haircut is what I'm talking about. So, you know, what is the deal? Now, overall for this issue, I do like it. I, I continue to like this book. This one, though, it's hard to give, you know, real high marks because it's it's not a lot happening here. But what you get is very well done. I do like to see Domino here. You get to see her working with her new kind of luck going after. And then the reveal is pretty big. But still, I'm going to give it a 7.9, just under an 8. Like I said, at the point, the art kind of does get a little, not wonky, but it's just not as detailed. When you get the big chase scene, it ends up being less detailed than some of the other stuff, which is a shame because that's the big set piece there, like I said. But yeah, I'm going to go 7.9. And uh, we'll move on to the next book. All right. And X-Men number six is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Matteo Buffagni, colors by Sonny Go, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Something is not right besides my pronunciation of the creative team, I guess. The X-Men undertook a mission to destroy the Orcus Forge a space station with tremendous offensive capabilities against mutant kind, including the capacity to create Nimrod, a highly advanced mutant-killing robot. The entire team perished in the process of successfully unmooring the mother mold at the core of the station, sending it plunging into the sun. Now the X-Men are restored to life. The nation of Krakoa stands behind them. What more could they want? It always does make me laugh. And, and not being a full-out, lifelong X-Men fan, I mean, really, Nimrod, it always makes me laugh, right? So you end up in this issue, and you're going to go back to the Orcus Forge. Uh, if you have been listening since the very, very, very beginning, when me and Double Aaron were doing a lot of these hawks and pox things. I like turtles. I like turtles as well. Uh, we ended up, this Orcus Forge, it, it really is not my favorite thing. Now... Having the original team go end up 
pretty much destroying the mother mold as we read in that recap and then dying and then coming back that is one of the bigger moments that we've had in all of this hickman deal this dawn of x hawks and pox all combined but every time we go back to the orcas forge I tend to glaze over it. It's like, am I coming while my eyes are getting glassy? Who knows? But the deal with this issue, if it was just the deal with the Orcus Forge, I would have pretty much checked out very quickly. Now, anybody would love Directo Devo as he whips it, right? Directo Devo, and but with all this, Director Gregor, you know, the Omega Sentinel and all that. It's not really my cup of tea. It really isn't. So it really, it, it, it's a struggle for me to get through, especially with not having my medicine and really having the worst attention span problems that I have legitimately had in 10 years right now. But you end up starting, ending, and even in the middle, having mystique. And it's more of a mystique story going on here. Pretty much you end up having the Orcus Forge there to just show okay they're continuing on they don't have a mother mold they're going to try to make the nimrod this is something that mystique is going to find out because when they originally did go for that attack when they went to unmoor the mother mold and push it into the sun you ended up having a krakoa plant left behind so that they would have a portal back and forth with this so that they could check in on them and mystique does we see that maybe Mystique, you know, is there at points and all that, trying to figure out what's going on, especially with director Gregor. But you do also start off the issue with a little sunset view there with Mystique and her wife, Irene, Oracle. And it ends up by the end where Oracle is going to give a bit of a, you know, future telling, as you would if you can do that sort of thing, saying, hey, listen, Mystique. I'm going to be away for a bit. I'm not going to live forever, and I'm going to die. And when I do, you're going to end up being told the greatest thing ever for mutant kind is happening, and that is, of course, Krakoa. And you end up having Irene say, don't believe it fully because go with what you want. If, if everybody can have paradise, your paradise is with me, and they're not going to let you bring me back. They're going to string you along. They're going to make promises that they'll never keep. They're going to use you for every bit that they can get out of you, but they'll never give you the payoff, which is me. So when this happens, and it'll happen, you know, this is in the past. So she says, when this happens in the future, just remember these words. Bring me back. It's basically like, you know, remember these words. I want to live. And when you do this, if they don't agree, if you really push the issue and they still don't agree, burn the whole thing down. And you do have throughout this the big moments with Mystique, which are really good, even at a point where she just straight up says to Charles, I hate your guts. I hate everything about you. I can't stand you. I never could. And the shade she's throwing Ends up getting thrown back in. And the worst thing is when you tell somebody that and they can turn it around to make it like, who cares? Because he says, yeah, I know you hate me. I've known all along. I mean, I can read minds. Yeah, I have this thing, you know, on my head here, Cerebra. I can kind of find things out, too. And it doesn't matter because you, you don't ma- I don't matter that much. <laughs> so you really don't matter at all. So get out of town. 
but he's he's nice. The thing is that when Charles in this whole run of Hickman's, I I can't say that there's a ton of times where Charles really really feels like he cares at all. He's very much emotionless. He he even tends to come off like a psycho killer at points. Now, even in this issue where you're going to go back and it's almost like a, a greatest hits album going, you're going to get the greatest hits of the mutants going and attacking the Orcus Forge. Oh, you're going to get the greatest hits of them dying. Oh, and then you even see exactly Mystique, how it happened to her. Um, but you're going to see them being resurrected. You're going to end up having Charles. And even at the point, Charles goes over and he's like, you know, I know that we can resurrect you, but still. It hurts me deep down every time, but it, it's almost in my mind, and it's also the helmet. But I could just imagine he's like, I really love you, insert coin, space cadet, you know, stuff like that. That is the Gorf machine is what I was doing there, if you didn't realize. I just said that Charles Xavier is the Gorf machine. <laughs> it's great. Maybe he's also berserk. Get the intruder. You know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, so while all this is going on, you do see... You know, the, the Orcus Forge is going. Unfortunately, they lost their mother mold, uh, but they're still going along with plans. They're figuring things out. But they, Charles and Magneto, end up needing to know what is going on on that forge. D- they need to know, did we succeed? Because they can't tell that because when the mutants die, and this is the thing, if you die and your body and all that can't be recovered and things, you end up then pretty much getting uploaded off the cloud from your last, you know, upload deal from your last time where you did the, you know, sweep around and got everybody there in the cloud. So they don't know what happened. They can't come back from that and say, oh, yeah, it worked. I remember. No, no, no. You end up where their memories and all that are just from right before they left. So they don't know. So they need Mystique to go and find out to go through this portal. And and it is kind of a, a cool thing. Because we've seen what happens when there's a half a portal. And they you end up Jonathan Hickman going through this again. Uh, but the idea of, well, what happened if they got rid of the flower? What happened if it didn't go? Why what happened if it did? Well, then you'll just walk through the, the gateway and just come out the other side. You have to have both going on. We've seen this. We've seen, say, in the X-Men Fantastic Four book, when you ended up Franklin running and he couldn't go through him. So he just ran right through. And, you know, we even had that at points where people were face planting in the walls. But you end up where the big thing to worry about is if you go through and they know you're coming or they've been waiting for us and they know that there's a plant there and all these things. And really, where they're coming through, how could they not? I mean, it, it this isn't like one of those things where it, it's invisible or little. I mean, it ends up making a whole room look like a Hawaiian luau. Where everybody's getting laid, you know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. So you end up where she does go through. She does end up going around. You see that we have kind of seen her all along using her mystique powers. Where she it's funny too, because throughout this she has been playing off as the like menial guy who's walking around, things like that, all the deal with Devo and you know, Gregor, all that stuff going on. So she has found out, yes, it was a success. We ended up doing it. It's good. We're good to go. All right. Great. High fives. But that's where she ends up saying, okay, I've done my part. I've done all this. I've died. I came back. Now I risked everything to go back to see. You had no idea if I was going to live or die. I just knocked over a bunch of cups. But yeah, so she ends up there. 
Like, all right, bring my wife back. Let's go. No, no, not yet. Like, what do you mean, not yet? And and it's true where they do say, you stab mutants in the back so much. And plus, right now, you don't really seem down with the cause. You, you know, there's, you're a little off still. So we're not going to do it just yet. But she's being strung along. She knows. She remembers back. You know, this is what Irene said. I'm going to burn it down. I'm going to burn it all down. And that's where you end. So it's good. And I'll tell you. Up until, say, page 15 of this, like, 21-page deal, um, I wasn't necessarily riveted by it. But the ending and seeing the personal stakes for, you know, Mystique, Raven, and seeing how much she cares and how much they are screwing her and setting up some really some things are going to go down because of this it ended up rebounding for me and i'm going to give it an 8.5 i like the art a lot as well but i do like seeing mystique and i do like these stories that end up giving you that personal take i mean even at the beginning of x-force i did like where domino and colossus got together and like yeah it kind of does suck when you're you know bashed around or die and things and people think well we're in paradise you have to forget that and you can't well here's another person raven who isn't getting the paradise that she wants but yet they are using her for some very important things and she's kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired she's mad as heck and she ain't gonna take it anymore it seems so we'll see how that works out and i think there's gonna be a lot of trouble going down are you with me it's the chickens i i swear i spilt so much on the floor from just coffee cups sitting here which i shouldn't but i also shouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast and talking with my hands it's all I'm doing. I, I, I'm telling you, I end up at points like I'm directing a, a crazy orchestra with my hands going all around and stuff. There you go. Symbols hit it, timpani. All right. It's you, cello. That's me. That That is my, you know, idea of what an orchestra does. And then you bear on skates. Get going. Yeah. Now we're at the opera. But hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to this. And I say this. We're still going off to something. This whole deal with Brandon being off and me recording things out of order because I, I this is the last thing i'm recording but it's in the middle i don't know why i have to tell you this i could probably edit this out but i will not right i i won't i don't have the edited out girl i only have that that's inappropriate girl. that is inappropriate and i'm angry about that she is angry about that but this is where i'm gonna tell you now that if you haven't read thor number five if you haven't gone to the comic store and gotten it or you're getting it in the mail or you're getting it digitally, or somebody's doing it smoke signals. I don't know how things work. Maybe you're going to get it in a dream. But if you do not want it to be spoiled, if you want to read it first, then I would probably pause right now and then come back after you get it. And then it'll be me and you talking, discussing, enjoying a little Donny Cates Thor. All right. And it seems as if Brandon is not going to be able to join us. So I'm going to go through Thor number five by myself. And it is written by Donny Cates, art by Nick Klein, art by Matt or colors by Matt Wilson and letters and design by VCs Joe Sabino. And this is one of those books that I think is taking a little bit of hit in my mind because of the shutdown. And it's nothing to do with anything planned because these issues were already done. They were already in the can, as they say, in a non-sexy way. Uh, but when you come back and something is like really like right away action packed, you get going. All right. 
This book takes a little bit. This issue takes a little bit to get back in the swing of things. Once you do, there's some big moments that do happen, but they're big moments that happen if you are a cosmic guy or gal. And I am not. So I don't think that I'm going to like this as much as a lot of other people. I know that Brandon was kind of middle of the road with this as well. But Thor recently became the all-father of Asgard, but he barely had time to settle into his new role before Galactus imbued him with the power cosmic so that he could help deal with a powerful threat. The Black Winter, a star plague that destroyed Galactus's original universe and is now coming to destroy this universe. To prevent it from doing so, Galactus needs to consume five planets with rare and unique energies that will augment his power. Thor has been evacuating the inhabitants before Galactus destroys their homes, but when they reach the fifth planet, time ran out. The Black Winter had arrived. Desperate for the final burst of energy he needed, Galactus immediately consumed the planet Cairo, murdering its citizens. Thor is furious, but vengeance will have to wait. The pair now stand before the end of the multiverse. This is the Devourer King Part 5, an issue called Rain. And with that, you did have that ending of last issue pretty much. Hey, Galactus, me and you team up. We'll go and we'll defeat this Black Winter, but then me and you are going to have it out, Thor said. And that is still on the books. The problem I have is the idea of Galactus was devouring these planets and the Black Winter was coming. And we do finally get to see the Black Winter, all these things going on. And then we get a big reveal cliffhanger that is kind of shocking, but... All of this, just after five issues, it hasn't been able to grab me. I am not a Thor guy anyway, so I was hoping, because I'm a Donny Cates fan, hoping that he would be the one to kind of get me into a Thor book, and it's okay. It's just the things that are happening are wow moments, but then they just never seem as big to me, again, because I don't have that background, things like that. And I say that I'm a Donny Cates fan, But I really wasn't a fan at all of the Guardians of the Galaxy book. That ended up being more of his finishing his Thanos stuff to me than an actual proper Guardians of the Galaxy book. And this just doesn't feel fully like a Thor book to me yet either. And that might just be me. Again, this might be just personally just me. Nobody else feels this way. I'm out on a a boat somewhere near Trash Island doing things on my own. But it just hasn't felt so... While I say I don't really like Thor and I'm waiting to like, I'm still waiting. I'm still doing and going through this, hoping that something does grab me. Uh, But again, the big reveal, the big thing of this issue is not a Thor thing. It's a Galactus thing. So you have all that. Well, it does start with heavy narration and you get Lady Sif, you get Beta Ray Bill, you get all these people here where they're on Asgard waiting for Thor to return. And not only just return, but he's pretty much blocked out where he is. He doesn't want help. He doesn't want anybody else to get involved in this because they could get hurt, things like that. And so you see Lady Sif, she's waiting. I have the Bifrost and he won't let me know where he is. You end up having Beta Ray Bill. He's there and he's praying at the, you know, the tree of the world tree. And you also see in the little, thin little panel, and I do like Nick Klein's art. I'm a Nick Klein fan, so I do like this art. But some of this beginning, I would have liked a little teeny more detail, especially when you see these new immigrants to Asgard. And, yeah, Donny Cates does a good job of, of setting things, reminding you of things in this first page, stuff like that going. You even end up seeing Loki. You end up seeing the major players, some of the ramifications of these first five issues. So it does play out pretty well when Bay Ray Bill comes over and says, Lee Sif, hey, uh, 
what were you doing? What were you thinking about there? Sip, oh, I was trying to get a hold of Thor, but he's blocking me out. I couldn't find him. You know, I hope he's okay. I hope this is going on. But I also think he's a jerk because of all these things that he's doing. He ended up, you know, fighting us, sending us away. And Beta Ray Bill has a good point here. And I think that it plays out really well, especially with what Donny Cates has been doing, where he says, you know, some people who really, and th- it kind of reminds me of like a Loki, some people who demand to be king, people who want to be king, you got to watch out for them. You know, they might have some ulterior motives and things like that. But Thor, he didn't want it. This was thrust on him. So I think we got to give him a little time to fill into the job. You know, when when you have somebody who's a megalomaniac and needs to be king, they're not going to go down to another level below once they become king. It's just going to get worse. But somebody who doesn't want to be king who's like, no, no, I, that's not for me. I'm not a leader. I'm not this. Well, once you become king, maybe you can step it up to be a better king, be a better person like that. And we all know that Thor's a good person. He's just got some cosmic problems on his mind. He's got the cosmic on his mind and his mind on the cosmic is what he has. But yeah, you you go through all this and like, hey, you know what? Falstag is having a gathering. You know, we could discuss all the stuff that's going on. Plus, we're going to get real drunk. This is Beta Ray Bill saying it to Lady Sip. Hey, you want to you want to come join us? Sounds pretty cool. She says, yeah, when when Thor comes home, I will. Okay, that sounds good. And they go off. But you do go off to the Eye of the Storm where you end up having Thor and Galactus battling the Black Winter. And of all this stuff of, you know, devouring planets, getting supercharged, let's go. You end up Galactus even going with that Cairo and eating everything, including the people. And yet he kind of gets pushed aside very easily, very quickly to make it more of a Thor book, even though I said by the end it does become more of a Galactus thing or at least a big reveal, but it does become more of a Thor book. And when you do see the reveal, and I'm going to reveal it now, I'm going to spoil it, so watch out, is the idea that the Black Winter, we know that the Black Winter ended up destroying Galactus's universe. Galactus has said this, that's why Galactus knows what type of threat there is, also knows the type of five planets that he had to consume to get the power to fight back because this is a known entity to him and only him it seems well the idea is that galactus you know galactus has heralds all the time silver surfer now the thor all the well black winter is so bad so bad but that galactus was his herald you know it's almost like you know i'll teach you what i know but i've forgotten more than you'll ever know like that sort of thing it's such a big thing of what's going on well when you end up having black winter come and start to talk he almost seems to be like okay let's see what this nonsense herald is that is of galactus and i think that he immediately kind of downplays thor because i mean what would you think if your herald actually has a herald you're never going to think that this down the line whisper the lane herald is going to be any good so he does seem to kind of taunt thor and say oh you know what i'm thinking of there thory i'm thinking of uh you know all the ways you're going to die you want to see you want to see how you're going to die yeah yeah i'd like to see that all right look and he starts to kind of punk thor i mean if ashton kutcher came out at any point i would not have been shocked he's like all of a sudden he's gore Gore, I killed you, no way So it's almost like, hey, you want to see The end of days for you and what this Black winner is? It's gore 
oh man, gore. And I like this progression because he is, and I'm saying the Black Winter, is showing Thor all the big bads of his lifetimes and people who have killed him and ways that he's died just to show Thor that I'm so above all this nonsense. Like, I will gather all the people that have caused you the most trouble. They fill up a room here, and I'm still worse. Like, you don't even know what's coming. It's almost like, you know, where did they get a load of me type of deal? And, yeah, you go through a deal all of a sudden. Oh, my God, it's Gore. Oh, no. No, it's Loki. Oh, no, it's it's Dr. Doom. It's Annihilus. It's, you know, and it goes down. It's Apocalypse. All these things going down. Where it's like, oh, yep, this is how you're going to die. Like, all the times that you have already. And he even says, you know, is it going to be the Beyonder, the Serpent, Ragnarok, Annihilus, Burned, Atomized, Crucified, Unmade? And then ultimately what was supposed to be the true end, sacrifice yourself to bring lightning to the darkness at the end of time, which we've kind of seen going on in, say, the Jason Aaron thing and and all that stuff. So all this going on, it is this thing that is building up this black winter, building up, building up. You know, you think this is the worst. I'm even worse than this. I'm going to make you not even be able to do the thing that you're really supposed to do at the end of time. All this because I am that bad. Well, You end up as this is going on, you do end up, and this is kind of of the mind inside this deal, when Thor zaps back out next to Galactus, uh, and the cool thing with the ravens and stuff around him, and he says, hey, it's almost like he's like, hey, uh, Galactus, you still got my back, we still rolling, we rolling, 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 and he's like, yeah, let's go, but throughout all this, there is these secrets, this huge secret, that once you end up that Galactus realizes where this questioning, where these, you know, this monologuing is going. He does start to freak out and tell Thor, don't listen to him. He's lying because you do end up seeing pretty much the persona of the Black Winter. You can end up seeing, you know, this big, almost like an anti-Thor type deal. And Thor even says, because he's, he's been punked, he wants to know, is this still Ashton Kutcher? He says to Galactus, is that what you saw? Is this the Black Winter for real, Galen? And he's like, yes, it is. Well, that's where you end up having Black Winter say, whoa, 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 uh, Galen, tell him the truth because it looked a little different at a certain other time. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Thor is trying to talk crap, but he really doesn't know what's going on. This is where you have Galactus like, don't listen to me, lies. He's really like trying to get in there before. And he's like, yeah, you know what, Thor? I might as well just tell you I am here. I'm here to get my property. You know, I, I misplaced something and it's here. And even when he says, it's funny too, because he does even say where Thor says, you know, you're not going to do this. You're not going to get through. You're not going to destroy my universe, my galaxy, my people, anything. I'm going to stop you. And Black Winter kind of is like, you think I'm here for you. It's almost like, you know, I show up at your house and you're like, whoa, whoa, Jim. What the heck are you doing here? Uh, we don't have to. And I'm just there because I heard that you make a good chili and made it that night. I'm there for a specific thing. I want the chili and I'm out. Well, you end up not that it was my chili, so it doesn't really work out that good as a analogy here. But you end up with Black Winter saying, "No, no, no, I'm not here to destroy you. You, you got enough nonsense here. That'll you'll end up fighting tons of people. You'll destroy yourselves. I'm here for my property. I'm here for him. You know." Galactus over there, Galen, because 
he is actually my herald. And it's like, dum, dum, dum. You have Thor like, huh? His, his jaw drops. Oh, my goodness gracious. And yeah, it, it's a big thing to say, you know, hey, you know, Galactus, that big band who goes and devours worlds and has this, you know, herald coming around with him all the time. Well, he actually was a herald at one point. I mean, really, he was the guy who swept the arena afterwards and now suddenly got a pair of shoes that are magic and is now the point guard of the Knicks, mainly because the Knicks pretty much have nobody. So you can do that. That's why I said the Knicks. But yeah, so you have this big deal and the art's great. I like it. It's a it's a dark issue because and I'm talking color wise because you're in space a lot but some of the colors then pop really well and i read things digitally on my tablet and they really do pop that way uh hey you could use it as a nightlight which i do because i'm afraid of the dark but you end up having all this that like i said i'm still not fully into this as a thor book i'm still waiting uh, you know but there are things that are bigger than thor even and things that are more galactic stuff and you have so i'm waiting for this whole thing to kind of end get the Black Winter taken care of. Maybe he just gets Galactus and leaves. And now we don't have Galactus, and then that might cause some imbalance and things like that. I don't know. But I'm waiting for the moment where I'm like, boy, I really like a Thor book. You know, not just because Thor's on the cover, but a Thor book where obviously there's some Thor speak that drives me nuts, but I don't mind because the story's so good, things like that. But up until at this point in issue five, it is reminding me of my enthusiasm that I had for the Guardians of the Galaxy book by Donny Cates. I'm not fully invested yet, though I'm still going to be around. I'm still going to go through this. I'm still going to try my darndest to get, you know, inspired with that. But I'm going to end up giving it a 7.5. Uh, and I think that it's a fair score. I hope that people don't lose their mind. Donny Cates ends up having some ravenous fans that really don't like you to go anything lower than, say, a 15 out of 10. And we don't roll that way. But, you know, after all that, I hope that you enjoyed this whole podcast. Sorry, it was just me again. Brandon has some issues. And we do a software that is an online based thing. So the Internet connection, all that is very crucial to this. But for some reason, Brandon just has problems. It's like a normal life. He's, he's got problems connecting. And it's just, you know, I guess you can't get your computer drunk so it loosens up so you can connect a little bit. It's not working for him. It really isn't. I'm sure he's tried it. But it doesn't work that way, Brandon. That's probably what happens. Every time he pours, you know, hey there, USB slot. And that's more of us, beer, you. I, I don't know. That's not USB. Us, some beer. There you go. That's USB, right? I did it. I did it. That is inappropriate. I'm angry about it. Yes, but thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this. And I'll be doing my normal, you know, X-Men catch-up deal. We only have about two weeks left. So we'll get these done. And then, like I said, when they're done, we'll all talk. We'll all have a a town meeting, a town hall meeting, and decide if we're still going to have multiple shows a week. What sort of things we can talk about and things like that until more and more books come out and things like that. So we'll we'll figure it out. We'll do it together as a group. But again, go over to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics, follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to the website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Go to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. Also go to our Patreon if you would want some more shows and to support us. Get us inspired to do all the stuff that we do over at patreon.com slash weird science all these links will be in the show notes as well so peace out 
I'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys.